Now back to the Midday Grind with Martin and Marlo on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Each time you leave, cause darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. So it's gonna be forever, or it's gonna go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over, mm-hmm. if the high was worth the pain. Got a long list of ex-lovers, they'll tell you I'm insane. Cause you know I love the players, and you love the game. We young and we're reckless. Sports guy in KC Market has been there for all of those big moments, big letdowns for the Chiefs. We'll get the pulse of KC. Even Trevor Roosevelt, Kansas City guy, said, yeah, I'm kind of with everybody else fearing that they'll lose. They're just kind of conditioned to that, despite having a great quarterback and a great team. We'll talk some KC sports tomorrow. Right now, rinkside with Strick, who is at Enterprise Center, who's there last night as well. He and Barkley are just hanging out <laughs> on the ice right now, as cute as could be. Strick, how are you? I'm as cute as could be, or who? Well, I was thinking about the dog. Tied but for first. Tied, oh. tied for first. Yeah, is Barkley there on site? Uh, no, I don't know where Barkley is. You think I just keep track of it? You think I do. that's what it's come to now? Yes. I keep track of the dog? <laughs> it, it actually it has come to that. To that's, be fair. To be fair. A uh, lot to get to. Strict normally in studio, but the Blues are having an optional skate. They'll play again tomorrow, Montreal in town. Uh, give me an idea, and this is something we talked about the first half hour. Historically, back-to-back games, you always play different goalies. I understand that. Mm-hmm. If a goalie pitches a shutout in the first or the back-to-back, do they ever alter from that mindset and say, you know what, let's go ahead and throw them back out there? Uh, sometimes they do. Yeah, I don't think that uh, it's something that's never been done before. And listen, I, I would think that that was a discussion they had internally yesterday. But I will say this: this was the plan going into the to the uh, the back-to-back games that Bennington would play in Philadelphia and that Jake would play last night. And I think they just decided not to go away from the plan. You know, I mean, obviously Bennington felt good about his game. They felt good about the way that he played, getting a shutout. You know, look good, and, and um, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Maybe they should have played him again last night. Obviously, Jake didn't have a good game. He didn't play well. Um, but I think it's safe to say Bennington will play Saturday in Dallas, and if he plays well, I think uh, there's a chance we'll see him play the next game as well. So I, I, I think now you can officially say, I don't want to say this is an open competition, but I think now we're at the point where maybe we weren't coming into last night's game where Jordan Bennington can certainly play his way into getting a bulk of games moving forward. Um, and things can change very, very quickly, as we've seen with goaltending. You know, goaltending, I've always said this, guys, is the most difficult position to predict in sports. There are probably 15 to 20 goaltenders right now playing in the American Hockey League, whether it's the East Coast League or whatever, who could come up and play a good game. The biggest challenge is can they put, you know, consecutive games, consecutive quality games, um, you know, and and play well in consecutive games is what I'm trying to say. And can you give you, you know, a a good week or two or, you know, carry a team for any sort of time? I think that's what separates the great goaltenders from the guys who are just showing that they can come up and play a good game. So I'll be interested to see how he plays in the next time he gets out there. So your prediction was that Bennington would start Saturday in Dallas, meaning Jake would get the start against Montreal on Thursday night, correct? 
No, I mean, no. This, this, what I'm saying is that I think Jordan plays Saturday. Or let me just tell you, let me let me say this. You're right. Montreal Thursday. I'm getting confused on the schedule here. Yes. Uh, Montreal, and I'm talking to a class. I was walking past the Montreal dressing room there, so I was losing my train of He's thought. Talking to Bergey? You know, yeah, he, he, he will play tomorrow against <laughs> Montreal. And if he plays well, he'll play Saturday. Okay, okay, Dallas. okay, got it. So yep. you're saying, yep. I, you said Dallas, so I got confused. You said, it, so Bennington starts Thursday, in your opinion, against Montreal. If he plays well, then they roll him right back out for Saturday against Dallas. Okay. 100%, yes. Okay, now that makes sense to me. But give me an idea why you can't just alter – the game plan. We're like, hey, Jake, you're starting Tuesday. I mean, we're not talking about Martin Brodeur. So I would say, you know what, Benner played great. I'm going to roll you back out there again. I need to win games. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm Craig Berube. I'm desperate. You know what? I'm going back to the kid. Why not? Why not? I mean, what, what, what would well, it hurt? Well, I think you could. Now, a back-to-back situation is a little bit different with the travel and everything. Um, you know, I think the organization, whether you agree with it or not, wanted to pump the brakes a little bit, not get too excited. I think they were happy with the way that he played. He gave this team, obviously, a boost. They got two points. They won a game on the road where you need wins in the worst way. And I don't think they were looking beyond that whatsoever. I think they looked at it as a one-game situation, give the net back to Jake. And for whatever reason, guys, Jake hasn't played well here at home. You know, on the road, he's been a different goaltender as of late. He's played much better on the road. You look at some of these blowouts, most of them have taken place on the road. He didn't play well in his last game in, in Vancouver, but he's actually played better away from the Enterprise Center. But that was the plan. They had, they had a plan going into the back-to-back games, and they stuck to it. Strick, this is kind of yes, anecdotal, but just thinking back the last three, four years, doesn't it seem like, and I'm guessing the numbers back this up, that Jake Allen actually plays better now, whether it's because he has competition from another goalie or maybe because he just is a better goalie when he has more of a timeshare and he's not getting, let's say, 85% of the starts. It seems like Jake plays better when he has somebody else kind of sharing the time with him. Um, maybe. I mean, you know, last year when Carter Hutton took over, you look at the last couple of situations that he's been in, guys, both with Carter Hutton and Brian Elliott. Both those guys were the clear backup to Jake. And it was his performance that opened the door for both of them. And when he opened the door, Brian Elliott played well, ended up being an all-star. And there were several stretches when he was here where he carried the mail and played the bulk of the games. And you could make the case that he turned into the number one and Jake was his backup. I mean, that was even the case to begin the playoffs a few years ago where Brian Elliott you know, began the playoffs as the Blues' number one goaltender and, and Jake came in once Brian Elliott struggled a little bit. And there were stretches last year where Carter Hutton was, you could make the case, was the better of the two goaltenders and, and, and was the number one for a stretch there when Jake was struggling. And it wasn't until Carter Hutton got hurt late in the season in San Jose when Jake Allen got back in there, played well, and then reclaimed his spot as the number one goaltender and, and played the most important games down the stretch, including the season finale in Colorado. So, um whether you want to say it's competition or not, I mean, I, I don't know if I fully subscribe to that, only because, you know, Jake has struggled mightily at times, even with some of those guys that were here. It, it hasn't always brought out the best in him, but I think most goaltenders probably maybe get a little more focused and hunker down a little bit more knowing that there's somebody behind them who could 
who could take this spot. I don't think we're there quite yet with Jordan Bennington. You know, he's had one start in his career. He's 25 years old, and, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But, again, you know, Jake's performance has opened the door for Jordan Bennington to turn this into a competition. I don't think it's a competition right now, but he's opened the door for this to become one if Jordan takes care of business starting tomorrow night against Montreal. If he wins tomorrow night and then follows that up with another quality game in Dallas and all of a sudden wins the next two games, then you're, you're going to see Jordan Bennington take the net here in the, in the short term. But he's got to take care of business. He's got to play well starting tomorrow night. Andy Strickland, Fox Sports Midwest, also part of the uh, Hockey Insider team that we have, Charlie, here. That's me, Strick. Well, you got Cam. Cam. You got Brock Wilson. We got, we got some Hockey Insiders here, Charlie Tuna, all of it, here on 590 Fan. <laughs> Tell me about the kid. And, you know, Frank and I, we always love the people that used to be here, whether it's Hitch or Q or whomever. Tell me about <laughs> Phoenix. Is it Copley? Not Copley. It's Copley. That's now star, not star, but playing really well for the Capitals. So, he was traded here, then traded back. What's his? What, what do you think of his game? Because obviously playing well for a team that's contending in the East. Um, well, he's not their number one goaltender. Brayden Holpe's the guy. He right. plays for one of the top teams in the league. I mean, I don't get too caught up in that. I mean, listen, Phoenix Copley, when he was traded here, I think that's what set Jordan Bennington back in terms of his progression within the organization. You know, once he was brought here, then Bennington all of a sudden was – I don't want to say an afterthought, but you didn't know what his future would be with the organization. I mean, guys, last year, coming out of training camp, um, Jordan Bennington was going to be sent to the East Coast League, and he refused to go. He refused to go to the East Coast, and, and he went home and sat at home until the Blues found a spot for him, and they loaned him to uh, Providence, I believe, in the American Hockey League, where he eventually became the number one there, and and made the all-star team in the American Hockey League last year. But you look at his credentials. I mean, this guy's been the OHL goaltender of the year. He won the OHL championship. I remember years ago writing a story about him. It wasn't all about him, but it was more about Mark Reeves, the late Mark Reeves, who uh, was an unbelievable person. He died of cancer a few years ago and got to know him real well when he coached the River Otters several years ago. And, ended up coaching in the Ontario Hockey League, and then he became an assistant coach before he passed away with the Ottawa Senators. But he would always talk about this kid, Jordan Bennington, who was a 16-, 17-year-old goaltender that he had in Owen Sound. And Jordan Bennington won an OHL championship with Mark Reeves behind the bench, and then the following year was the OHL goaltender of the year. The Blues drafted him in the third round. He became an American Hockey League all-star. I mean, he's 25 years old, guys. There's, There's proof that this guy can stop the puck and play the goaltending position. But when Phoenix Copley was brought here, it essentially set him back. He was just okay in his, I think, one season with the organization. If you remember a few years ago, um, remember when they kept Jake at home? He didn't make the trip to Winnipeg. Yes. And 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 um, Carter Hutton didn't start either. It was Phoenix Copley who started the game. And I think he gave up five goals in Winnipeg, but he made some unreal saves in that hockey game, even though he gave up five goals, maybe maybe even been more. But, you know, so... I, I take away those first really, four, he was pretty good. Take away the age ratio, <laughs> the power balls and ratio, yeah. Yeah, the Rams defense allowed 323 yards on the ground, but if you take away the two runs 
of 65 yards and 72 yards. They only gave up 212 yards on the ground. Um, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I, Phoenix Copley is in a great situation playing with a great team. But this that. is what I mean when I say goaltenders and goaltending is the most difficult position in all of sports to predict. There's only 30 of them, 31, that start uh, in the National Hockey League. There's a lot of good goalies who are waiting for an opportunity, and a lot of these guys are capable of stopping the puck and having a great game or having a good couple of weeks, but can they do it consistently year after year? That's what separates the true legitimate number ones from a lot of these other goaltenders, but a lot of them just need a chance. Like Phoenix Copley is the latest example. Strick, awkward question, but as we're here at the halfway point for the Blues, does it also do you get to a point where it just makes sense to play the younger guys? If you look at your chances of making the postseason and you'd have to go on this insane run, which is probably not likely to get in, does it make more sense? And not just not just Bennington, but to see what you have from some of the younger guys, maybe play a little more for next year. And also we know about that draft pick. It could make sense all the way around. Well, that part makes sense, but who do you play when you say younger guys? I mean, it's not – I mean, what do you mean? Like, you just don't dress Braden Shannon, Tarasenko, and Jaden Schwartz. And, I mean, like, who do you, who do you, who do you want to see? Here well, we were, like, we were talking about Bennington, but I'm saying if you're making some moves, if they're going to make some trades before uh-huh. the trade deadline here with other teams that are trying to make the postseason, if you have some contracts that make sense for them – my, my point is more so it's it's going to take this ridiculous run for the Blues to make the playoffs this year, even though we'd all like to see it happen. And I just, I'm, I'm wondering, because that's an awkward transition for a franchise to make. How do they potentially do that? You know, I think you just go out there and play. I mean, it is what it is, right? I, the, the worst thing that can happen to this franchise, and I've said this to you guys before, is that you miss the playoffs and you don't have a first-round pick. No, that's the worst thing that can happen. And obviously, they only have a first-round pick as it sits right now without making a trade for one um, if you're picking in the top 10 because the first-round pick they gave to Buffalo is top 10 protected. So right now, it certainly looks like they're going to be in position to do that. But, you know, a guy like Jordan Cairo, for example, who was just named to the you know, all-star team, he's played half the games down there compared to everybody else. He leads San Antonio in scoring even though he's played half the games. And this guy's going to be a real good NHL player for a long time here. I don't think he should be up here. I think he needs to stay where he is, where he's playing a prominent role. I mean, if you're going to bring him up here and he's going to have the same role he has down there, then fine. But, you know, I mean, Robert Thomas is getting plenty of opportunity right now. You know, Sammy Blay is up here right now. He played, you know, last night. You know, they don't have a ton of options of just bringing up a bunch of young kids. You've got to play your team, right? I mean, this is hockey. Like, you roll your lines and you, you, you play your guys. But, you know, Jordan Bennington is a guy who, at 25 years of age, is knocking at the door. And, again, his performance will dictate how he's used moving forward. If this guy plays well, he's going to get an opportunity. I think the organization has made that decision, especially coming off of last night's game where Jake Allen didn't play well. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. I mean, the second and third goals, it just can't happen when you're trying to climb the ladder in the standings. In the last two home games, the Blues have allowed 31 shots against. You know, they allowed 14 shots against the New York Islanders, and you lose, you give up four goals. And then you give up 17 shots last night, and you lose, and you give up three goals. So seven goals against them, 31 shots in the last two home games? Like, that's not a recipe for winning. So they've got some young guys here who will get an opportunity for sure.
Strick, great to talk to you. Four o'clock on Friday, Hockey Sense Live from Schneidhorst. Who's on the docket? Do we know yet? We're two days out. Who do we got booked? Oh, we, we don't know. I'm going to save that. <laughs> I'm going to save that. I'll have something for you hopefully in the next 48 hours. Okay. That. Well, I hope in 48 hours for sure you'll be <laughs> up against it. Oh, you caught that. You caught you'll, that. It'll be almost showtime. Why don't you set Barkley stop by and have fans swing by Schneidhorst and hang out with the dog? Oh, well, how about that? And, yep. you know, we'll have the slop on Friday. We'll make sure not to give... I don't you know, know. Not to raise Frank's blood pressure. Frank might have canceled the slop. I don't know. He seemed. He's pretty... trying to cancel it. He was not happy. I don't think. But I think it ended okay. But you know, um, we got some more ammunition in regard to this Drew Lock situation. Oh uh, boy, looked, here we go. I have to more say, like he may fall out of the first round. I have to say, it's it's trending better for Strick a little bit. I'm not. Oh, I'm not going to okay. make my call, but I do think Strick. I think. I think he's right. I think it's trending better uh, for him. Okay. Save it for the slop. It certainly is. It certainly is. Uh, there is Andy Strickland. I I got to tell you, I put him in the front office. This guy, I like his. I like this kid's assessment. Six two two. Yeah, some rather cogent thoughts about hockey. I like the the way this guy thinks. Strick, we'll talk to you on Friday. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. See ya. Disheartened. That was kind of an was he mad at us? Was he mad? I said to put him in the front office, and then he got yeah okay. Seriously, he follows things like. And my point on, and I'm sick of this whole, let's talk about something else. I'm okay. sick of talking about the Blues. Let's just do the end of the day. Wow. Well, that wasn't very enthusiastic. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, hey, let's do something fun. Oh, my God. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Wow. No, I think we're banging our head against the wall. And after a while, like, this is stupid. Because I was going to go back. Like, the Phoenix Copley thing is like, well, they didn't really need him. because You know, he's not the main guy. I understand Holtby's the main guy. The backup in D.C. is 10-1-1 in his last 13 games. They're a better team. He's the backup. I, I understand that. But it's so just like, well, we don't need him. Why? We don't have any good goalies around here. But every one <laughs> that we point to, well, we don't need him. But Bishop, now we didn't need him. Copley, he's doing fine. Yeah, but we don't really need him. Drives me drives me bonkers. But I, I'm sick of the whole stupid thing. I do think Strick stumbled upon the Blues' new marketing slogan. It is what it is. Correct. Come on out. I got a kick out of that. The arena looks great. Yeah. We got a dog. The arena looks great. Come on out. All-star game 2020. The way you ended that interview, though, and through to the end of the day, I think that's apropos of this Blues season because we are all sick of talking about Jake Allen and joking about Barkley because, let's be real, it has been a depressing season. Nobody wants it to happen, but as Strick said, it is what it is. Allen. By the way, by the way he, he texted me. He said, I was walking into the dressing room at the very end, so I got real quiet. I was not mad. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I would it be better if he was mad. Allen, by the way, uh, 3.65 goals against average at home. That's uh, 65th in the NHL. 65th. Well, there's 70 teams. Is that what there yeah, are? Well, they, they, NHL, they, they, 70 yeah. teams, so he's not the worst, right? And uh, 2.30 on the road, which is 13th. So it kind of is a, a bizarre home road split for for Jake Allen. He's like the anti Jaime. I'm nothing against the guy. It's just the to- the topic has become so tired. Uh Chuck, this Next. is up your alley. Cards Next topic over under 88 and a half. I saw that. Your thoughts. I have to say that uh, I half would a point or half a win total I guess behind uh, the Cubs. Cubs are 89. I would pound that over. Okay, and the Brewers I really are like would. 82, 83. Vegas not high Down on the walk. And here's yeah. why. Cuz Derek Johnson left. Yeah. Okay, but look. In the press box. Cardinals last year, 88 wins, right? You add Paul Goldschmidt. You add Andrew Miller. Even if you say, okay, we'll get something out of Alex Reyes. And also, with Goldschmidt's deal being up, with Marcelo Zuna's deal being up, if there's ever going to be a year where the Cardinals kind of go 2009 on us and just add, add, add at the deadline, it is this year. This is the year they have to go for it. 
It's been three years without the playoffs. If the Cardinals are in the mix, as they have been the last couple of years, at the deadline, I would be shocked if they don't make some big moves. And so I would take over 88 and a half. I'm inclined to think they're in that 89 to 91 window. So you take it. Yeah. But it's going to be close, I think. It I always is. I don't see them winning 98 or 100 games. So, And I think the division is maybe a little deeper. Reds. A little more balanced than it's been. The so Reds are trying again. Beat- <laughs> the red slogan. Hey, we're trying now. Hey, come back to the games. <laughs> All right, you're right. We weren't trying. Now we are. That is kind of an interesting question for the beat writers at spring training. So why are you guys trying this year? Because <laughs> you're not that good. Is it because of, of what Votto said last offseason? Yeah, like, we're not even trying. <laughs> and then the Pirates last year were like, we're not trying. And then like spring training almost arrived like, let's try again. And they added a bunch of guys right before spring training. This is what happens when teams win when they're not supposed to, and then they have to kind of like change their narrative midway through the season. Oh my gosh, we're actually better than we thought we were. Like the Rays. Do the Rays really think they're going to win 90 games? Oh, now we have to kind of pretend like we want to win this year. All right, speaking of not trying, the Baltimore Orioles last year lost 115 games. Martin, you were joking about a month ago that they still hadn't hired a manager. That they forgot. And then like a day later, they finally hired uh, Brandon Hyde. Uh, just randomly today, I saw a Ken Rosenthal tweet saying, former Red Sox hit- Reds hitting coach, rather, Don Long, and former Red Sox first base coach, Arnie B- uh, Belair, are receiving strong consideration for same jobs with the Orioles. And I looked at the Orioles coaching staff. It only lists a manager. It's January 9th. They don't have a pitching coach. They don't have a hitting coach. They don't have a first base coach. They don't have a third base coach. They don't have a bench coach. What are they waiting for in Baltimore? It's obvious the Orioles don't belong in the American <laughs> League East. They belong in sports radio. They're clearly not getting anything done. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. This is genius. If you're going to truly tank, why don't you go all out and not even hire a coaching staff? They have no one. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. You Save money. Listen, yeah. listen, if you're really not trying to win, just be honest about it. Don't hire a coaching staff. Have player coaches. You're going to suck anyway. You're going to lose. Save all the money you possibly can. I remember the Orioles were concerned about attendance last year, and they had a, a thing about on weekday games, kids, what, 12, 13, and under got in for free or, or at a heavily discounted price. Maybe it's, you know, at the gate, we'll just randomly pick five or six people, and they'll be the staff for be that a, day. Be a coach night. It's not, it's not the dumbest idea because think about these guys. They've all been playing baseball their whole life. Before a game, a couple hours before. Hey, Chuck, you want to go out and shag for a little bit? Sure. Hey, you want to take some uh, grounders? Sure. Want to do a little BP? Sure. Like, you could get out there and do it. I think that's bold. Like, these teams starting relievers for one inning, somebody had to do it first. Maybe Baltimore. Maybe they're super smart. Don't you think, though, we are seeing, especially with baseball, teams are smarter. You could see, honestly, and you heard about this the last couple of years. Wasn't Jason Giambi at the end of his career kind of tossed around as a potential player manager? It would not surprise me in a weird situation with a 40-year-old respected veteran that could still be a DH if you saw something like that happen Just have Chris in the Davis next do it. five, ten years. Look, guy, like, we're not going to pay you anymore because we're paying you enough already. Just be a coach, too, while you're at it. Okay, but look at Carlos Beltran. Wasn't Beltran. he interviewing for some jobs? He was. Is it that crazy at the end of that man's career when he's about 40 if he was a DH and the manager? Is it that crazy of a, of a thought? I don't think it is. I wish he was in in the system here. I know he probably loves New York, but he's kind of just being paid to be Carlos and be around 
one of my favorite Cardinals, of all, one of my favorite athletes of all time. Great and guy. I was talking to Rosenthal off air about that, and he said the best. But what's his job? He's just like with the Yankees. He's a special assistant yes. to the assistant. Uh, one reason why I love the uh, NFL coaching saga is it's predictability, and we just got an example of it today. So Bears defense has been okay in recent years. Then they're gift-wrapped Khalil Mack. Then they're really good, and now Vic Fangio is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. I do think people have been high on him for a while as an assistant, but you're right, all of us. Boy, this <laughs> this guy's a really good coach. What what he just well he was drawing plays up for Ezekiel Elliott oh he he had Jared Goff who played at a Pro Bowl level that guy's great and then Khalil Mack now this defense is what's who's coaching this squad all NFL owners and you got to just be around them they're all a bunch of Spaldings from Caddyshack correct and also the best now is that if you even had a conversation with Sean McVay now you're a candidate like Sean McVay's pool boy is correct. going to get an NFL head yes. coaching job that was part of the release the press release. The Arizona Cardinals yesterday was that Cliff Kingsbury is friends with Sean McVay. Everybody wants Sean McVay, <laughs> the next Sean McVay, so bad they want anybody that's even like had a sandwich with him. It, it's really sad, but it's so it's so predictable, and there is a little bit of a GQ element. It does seem like that's why Chuck. Not that I'm against people that are younger and good looking. I'm just saying Bruce Arians is my guy. There you go. I do like how the Cardinals specifically reference that. Cliff Kingsbury is friends with Sean McVay. That's stupid. In their press release about hiring him. That was in the press release. Isn't that so funny? It's hilarious. And the guy they hired last year, Steve Wilkes, no was not friends with Sean McVay, so I got fired. Was a terrible hire. So I'm not sure that we trust these people to get it right. So Texas Tech, which is a what? Mediocre football program. Is that about fair? That's yes. fair. They fire him. So a mediocre football program says, this guy is not good enough for us. But an NFL team says, good enough for us. Weird. I, I mean, it may work, but that's weird. Not only that, but Cliff Kingsbury was like the most beloved alum ever at Texas Tech, and they still get rid of him. That's in the. How about the poll results, Charles? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what number Martin threw out there? I said 98, which is high. Oh, but... I thought you said 96 because. Martin said 96. I think you did. Because right now, overwhelmingly on Twitter Nation, 259 votes. Who should start net Thursday for the Blues? 96% of you out there said, my guy, Binner. I'm actually, I'm shocked it's that low, to Binner. be honest. Jordan Binnington, 96%. It's not even a question. And according to Strick, it sounds like that is, well, I guess that's his gut as to what will take place. 100%, you should go to Offenberg Hyundai for your next vehicle, whether it's a brand-new car, which is an award-winning vehicle from Hyundai. Could be the Sonata, the Elantra, the Genesis. Great-looking vehicles, great gas mileage. But because it's Offenburg, you get the award-winning service that's been around town for years and years. So Fallon, Illinois is where it's located. Some people get in their car. Like if you go online and find a car or a used car, let's say you and Jess are going to get a Corvette, mm, yeah. a 60s Corvette, and you find a guy in Columbus, Ohio, selling, you'll get in the car and drive there to get it because that's the car you want. Sure will. So if you're getting a brand-new car and you're in the St. Louis area, make the drive. Well, Fallon, Illinois, not far at all. It's worth it. You're getting a brand-new vehicle. OffenbergHyundai.com, the website. The exit there, it's Greenmount Road, right off Highway 64, O'Fallon, Illinois, not far at all. In fact, Charlie, we like to say it's a short ride to a great deal. They might even get a puppy. I'm going to call Matt. i got an idea. Hey, we got this great vehicle. Let's get a dog for the midday grind. How Let's about get a dog? Offy. Offy the pup. Oh. Offy the puppy. I'm telling you, not the worst idea. Cute little cockapoo, maybe? Until he 
pulls up his leg on somebody trying to buy a car. Like, oh, that that didn't go so well. Hmm. All right, we'll workshop this some more. Next topic, next show. Next show, Hardline, coming your way next. Chuck, great show today. Fun show. inside hockey Great guests. And you had a shadow here. We got the pride of uh, Bradley U, the Bradley U in the house. Don Palumbo. I don't like these young guys coming around. I know. You know what they're thinking. Like, I could do better. Lauren's going to bring over like an 80-year-old tomorrow to sit on the show. (laughs) Junior at the Bradley University. He has a name like Don Palumbo and has never met Frank Cusimano until right before this show. I don't want to stereotype. Don Palumbo. Are you into gambling? Not, not yet. yet. There That's we go. The winning answer. He hasn't not, graduated yet. Not yet in the gambling. All right. Hardline is coming up next on 590 The Fan. Congratulations.